Welcome to the Every Nation Taipei podcast. We're here to help you know God, discover your purpose, grow in your relationships, and make a difference in Taipei, Taiwan, and beyond. We hope this message encourages you today. Merry Christmas, or almost Merry Christmas. Uh, for those of you from the Philippines, Christmas started back in September. And uh, <laughs> for all the, uh, the, all the Americans, it started after Thanksgiving. Uh, so, but it's just, Christmas is such a happy time, right? It's a great moment. And, and actually, the, the mark of Christmas time, joy is actually the number one emotion of Christmas time. And it's something that we love. Um, joy is, is it's in the songs, it's in the words, it's on our stage. Uh, and there's something in all of our hearts, we love joy. We love to be around joyful people. Um, there's, we love when, when we spend time and we get happy. And so today we're looking at joy as the third theme of Advent season. We looked at hope and the power of hope in our lives. We've looked at peace and the effect that peace has in us. And each of these themes, hope, peace, joy, and love, are, are what Jesus brings to us in Christmas. So they're really what Christmas is all about. And, and Advent is that in-between time. Looking back at Jesus, his historical coming 2,000 years ago, and looking forward to the day when he'll return and bring us all into eternity. And in the in-between time, we live between those two promises, a promise fulfilled and a promise yet to come. And most of life, honestly, is, is looking at promise and, and trying to see that promise fulfilled. It may be promises that we make to ourselves, promises that we feel others have made towards us, the promise that our lives hold when we think about why we were put here on earth. And then this life is an attempt to say, how do I lay hold of that promise? And Jesus says, here are four key factors Four key characteristics of lives that are lived well between the promises. The things you need to hold on to in the difficult times between the promises. Hope, peace, joy, and love. And so I love today, I love of, of the four. Uh, joy is one of my favorite, and see, at least in my top four. Um, <laughs> you got, yes, someone was caught on to that. Because there's just something about happiness that we all relate to, right? I, I remember the song uh, by uh, Pharrell Williams, Happy. Because I'm happy. Yeah, everyone know that song. And so, so this song, I mean, this, this song took the world by storm. Uh, it was the number one song in America. Uh, UK, it was the number one downloaded song of all time. Uh, in, in 2014, it became the number one downloaded song. Because there's something about happiness that we all relate to, all pursue, all want in our lives. We're created actually for happiness. You're created to, to have joy in your life. But today we're talking about joy, not happiness. And the difference between joy and happiness is this. Happiness requires, it depends on uh, your, what, what's happening around you. And that's good and that's bad. Because in one way, happiness can, uh, when, when we're lacking it, we can stir it up by outside things. We can listen to Pharrell Williams and we start to feel happy, right? And that's a good thing. Uh, you go to a party and start to feel happy. You get around a favorite friend, you start to feel happy. Joy is different in this sense. Joy comes from the inside. And it's not dependent on circumstances. And so joy is the thing that actually brings happiness in every situation. 
And it's the happiness that's not dependent on circumstance. So when you have joy, then you begin to experience happiness regardless of the circumstance. And so today we're going to be looking at, at joy. I love, again, these, these art, um, art pieces that uh, Anne made. And, and enjoy what we're going to do today is we're going to just look at the different character characters around the birth of Jesus. Three in particular, all in this little um, art, uh, in this graphic. There's Mary, and there's Joseph, and there's the wise men. And so today, that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at Mary, Joseph, and the wise men, and what we can learn about joy from their lives. All right, so title of today's message is Choose Joy. Because joy is something that you can choose to have in your life. And that joy then can become the source of your happiness rather than wait for Christmas or waiting to go to Disneyland. Disneyland, the happiest place on earth uh, until you see your credit card bill for paying for Disneyland. <laughs> or until you actually, the thought of Disneyland is oftentimes so much better than the actual experience of Disneyland because you're so excited. It's going to be so much fun. And then you find out it's just standing in line waiting. You know, and pay, uh, and overpaying for food and and just crowds everywhere. And if you go in the summertime when the kids are on vacation, it's just sweating and melting while standing in line waiting for the next ride. Uh, so that's um that's that's happiness versus joy. All right, so here we go. Choose joy. That's our our title today, and our scripture is Luke chapter two verses ten through eleven. It says, but the angel assured them, "Don't be afraid," he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. So there's good news today that's meant to bring great joy to all people. So Christmas is meant to bring great joy to each and every one of us and to everyone that you know. And, and for those of us who know Christ and, and experience that joy and have that joy inside of us and have, have tapped into that joy, uh, we need to share that joy or, or let other people know that that joy is available to them as well. So if you know anyone who's not living in great joy yet, then take notes uh, and, and, and help them out. So here's, here's what the Bible teaches. This is why Jesus came, so that you too can have great joy. All right, so here we go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the joy that Jesus brings. We ask today as we look into your word that, Lord, you would not only just um, bring information into our lives, but really that our hearts would be transformed by the power of your word and the power of the Christmas story, the power of Jesus, who not only came 2,000 years ago, but who longs to enter into each and every one of our lives and become our source of joy. So even as we look into your word today for these next few moments, God, we pray that you would turn our attention and our focus to you, to see you, to receive you, and to experience Christmas joy. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we look today at Mary and Joseph and, and the wise men, we're going to see how they chose joy. Because that's the key. In life, we all have options, choices in every circumstance, in every situation. And you and I have the power to choose how we respond in every situation. And today we want to look at how did Mary and Joseph 
and the wise men choose joy in their circumstances. So looking at Mary, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, she, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. All right. So this is the story of Mary. She was engaged. And in Mary's day, engagement was different from our day. In our day, engagements come and sometimes they go and there's, it's, it's, it's painful and it's awkward, but it's pretty easy to break it off. You just say, you know what? I don't want to be engaged anymore. And it's done. Well, there's like the ring. Do I give the ring back? Do I keep the ring? And there's the crying and the complaining and posting stuff and then deleting stuff, you know, online. Um, but, but, in, but in Jesus' day, in Mary's day, when you're engaged, you actually signed a contract. And you have to have two witnesses to that contract. And when you're engaged, if you want to break off the engagement, you actually have to get a legal divorce. Because once you were engaged, it was considered the same as being married. And from the point of engagement, it was assumed that then in one year, you would be married. You wouldn't live together over that year. But then once you're engaged, then the, the, the groom would begin to prepare a house and prepare the place where you're going to live together. And that's what engagement was in Jesus' day. And so for her... Being engaged in, in that day, and especially they came from fairly good, back, fairly religious type backgrounds. Actually, Mary's uncle uh, was a, a priest. He, was a, he, he worked in the church. He was a religious leader. Joseph, the Bible says, was also a righteous man, a devout man. And so they're fairly religious. And so in those days, they would not have sex in that year in between. They would live apart. And so then for her to become pregnant, that was a big deal. And it, it sounds like not such a big deal in Matthew. I don't, Matthew doesn't write much detail. But Luke gives a lot more detail. He's the doctor, so he writes with more detail. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Elizabeth was uh, Mary's aunt, and she was the one who was um, religious. Her husband worked in the church. Uh, in the temple, it says, um, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm just a virgin. I'm still a virgin. And, and so with Mary, you have to imagine at this point, she is probably in her early teens, people in those in, in Jesus' day, would often get married as, as early as 12 years old, 13, 14, 15. Usually by, by that time, they were married for, the, for girls because the life expectancy wasn't very long. And so here she's a virgin, comes from a good religious home, and they were very religious in, in Jesus' day. Uh, and so she has confusion and fear coming into her life. 
saying, well, how, how is this going to happen? How am I going to explain this? And uh, what's going to happen to me? And in all of our lives, we have those moments of confusion and fear that come into our lives. And so often, they steal our joy. I don't know how many of you respond to confusion and fear, and disturbances, and, and, and circumstances that God brings us into that we don't understand, don't like, that are uncomfortable. I mean, besides being pregnant and engaged to a man and, not ha- and, and still being a virgin, which uh, is you know, confusing at best, um, but also being in a religious family and, and having to uh, tell the family that. And then the Bible t- says that, that Joseph, you know, later says he's a good man, so he married her, but, but, but wondering what the family would think because tradition, and they were obviously a traditional family, would be that you get engaged and then you plan the wedding for a year later. So all of a sudden, in between this time, while they're waiting for the wedding, all of a sudden, Mary's pregnant. And so, of course, I think Jews were also very good at gossip. They love talking. (laughs) It's in the culture, although they didn't have gossip TV shows, no TMZ. Um, But you know that the rumors would just spread and people would be, you know, what, what, what happened? Did you hear the story? Did you know, you know, and, and, and her, her uncle, you know, works in the church and so ashamed, you know, and jo- I thought Joseph was a good man. I thought Mary was too, you know, and so you have all this stuff going around and, and here she is, a young teen, waiting to get married and, and she's got all this stuff going on in her life. Unexpected circumstances, unwelcome circumstances in her life that God brought. But people would look at it and say, that looks like anything but God. I don't know if you've ever been in that kind of circumstance. God, are you sure? Luke chapter 1, verse 38, here's how Mary responded. She said, I am the Lord's servant. Everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. And so her choice was to be confused or, and fearful, to hide and run, make excuses, but instead she chose to trust God and obey God. And so that's one of the, cho- the choices that leads to joy in our lives. See, when we trust God, then it allows God to bring joy to our lives. Because God will always be for us. And His goal is always to bring joy into our lives. And this is the point of Jesus coming into the world, to bring joy into our lives. But just trusting and obeying doesn't mean that everything's going to go smooth. Because Mary and Joseph still had the journey to take. And, and this journey that, that Mary took was from Nazareth, where they lived, all the way down to Bethlehem, which was south, but also higher elevation. Uh, oh, 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 there's, there's, okay, there's a map there. And the green line is, is what where most Bible historians think that Mary and Joseph traveled in order to get down to Bethlehem because it goes along the Jordan River, which was just a much easier journey. When you go straight, it goes right through the mountains. It's kind of like the, actually the distance between Nazareth to Bethlehem is pretty similar to the distance from um, Taipei down to Hualin. And and while in the same way, you can either go along the coast and take the easy way between uh, Taipei to Hualin, or you can try to go a straight line through the mountains. 
and, and, and I think I have a picture here of the mountains that they would have had to go through. So those are the mountains that they would have had to travel. Nine months pregnant on a donkey. And so most historians say, no, they probably went along the river. But even along the river, traveling 150 kilometers is the distance. 150 kilometers on a donkey, nine months pregnant, not a fun journey. Sometimes following Jesus, sometimes God brings us into uncomfortable circumstances. So confusion, fear, uncomfortability. But if we choose to trust God and obey God, it will lead to joy even in those circumstances. Because I don't know about you, but oftentimes when I'm uncomfortable, I am unhappy. And when I am confused and I am in fear and in, feel insecure, I become, uh, just the, the joy leaves me. And, and I know, I remember growing up, I was the type of person who, when I wasn't happy, I wanted to make sure people around me felt my unhappiness. I don't know if you like that or have ever been around people like that. You know, but, but, but what God calls us to do is to choose to learn to trust Him. Unless you can trust God in those moments, unless you can, can, can align yourself with Him and, and choose to obey or submit to Him, then you're always going to have that sense of being upset, angry, afraid, confused in those moments. But if you learn how to trust God, you'll find joy even in those moments. All right, let's go to the second person, Joseph. So look at Joseph's vantage point. Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. Joseph, to whom Mary was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the, the engagement quietly. So here's Joseph's response. And, and you have to imagine what Joseph was going through. He's a righteous man. He's a good guy. He thinks he's marrying a girl who... He also thought was she's a good girl, you know she's religious. Everything's going. She had he had he was looking forward to this this wedding and thinking marrying a good girl and and then all of a sudden she says uh, I'm pregnant, but don't worry I haven't slept with anybody. It's just the Holy Spirit, you know. It's like yeah, okay that's you know. I mean if you're like me I would have felt betrayed. I would have felt offended. I would have felt hurt. And I love how he responded. He says, you know, I'm, I'm just going to, because he, be, he could have made it a public thing. He could have uh, gone, you know, online or to the Jewish gossip channels <laughs> and just said, you know, Mary, here's what she said. And she says it's God, but that doesn't look like God, <laughs> right? It's the last thing. It's the opposite of what God says. So there's pain. There's, there's, there's hurt inside of him. But instead of, choosing, instead of choosing bitterness and offense and retaliation, he said, you know, I'm just going to do this quietly. I mean, honestly, if he had been a legal person, the, the penalty for this is considered adultery when you cheated on your, your groom while you're engaged, your fiancé, the, actually the, the, the biblical penalty was actually death. That was rare in those days. Even in those days, even though it was, they were biblical people, rare for them to actually stone someone who did that. But it was a pretty big deal for him. And we see that today. You know how, how so often in, in today's culture, 
when we get hurt. I just, yeah, just, just this week, I was reading about some uh, Christian pastors of all things, you know, who are going through a divorce and how they're just attacking each other in social media. Well, he cheated on me. Well, she did this. And, it, you know, back and forth. And, and then, of course, deleting it later and saying, that's really not my character. Um, but who you are really is what comes out in those moments of hurt and pain and offense. So the question is, what will you choose? I mean, are, are you the type who, when you get hurt, you're going to hurt him back? We live in a culture today that just is so cancel culture. Where if you say the wrong thing, if you call me by the wrong name, you know, I'm, yeah, you're, you're hateful. And then that's our license to hate you back. And, and we can choose anything that someone does that we don't like and just call it hateful. And, then, and it gives us license to hate them back. You know, I grew up in the day when my mom would always say, two wrongs don't make a right. She said that a lot because there were five boys in my family. And we always got, you know, so you're always fighting. And so she's always gone just to stop fighting, stop fighting. But he hit me first. Well, two wrongs don't make a right. We heard that a lot. You know, he hit me. I just hit him back. You know, he took this. I, I took that. Uh, and she'd always say, two wrongs don't make a right. But today that's gone out the window. Now you wrong me, I wrong you back. You say something bad about me, I'm going to say something bad about you. And that is just the culture that we live in. And it's no surprise that there's more hatred, more division, more violence than we've experienced in the past. Because two wrongs don't make a right. And retaliating for when you're wronged, an eye for an eye never leads towards peace or joy. And that's why God says you need to choose to forgive. And relinquish pain. It's one thing to forgive, but you also have to learn how do I let the pain go? How do I relinquish the pain? Because sometimes we choose to forgive, but we hold on to the pain and then it starts to come out in other ways. And so learning to forgive, learning to let go of pain, Bring that pain to God. That's why Jesus came. That's why he died on the cross for us. He says, I, I want to take your pain. And so that's where actually we take our complaints is to the cross. We take them to Jesus. Jesus came into our lives for that purpose so that we could come to him with our disappointments, our offenses, our bitterness, our pain, rather than retaliating. And that's what begins to open the door for us to come back into joy even in times when we are hurt, even in times of pain, even when people betray us. Because certainly for Joseph, that would feel like a betrayal. And so you and I, in our moments, the good news of Christmas is that confusing times will come. Hurtful times will come into our lives. But that even in the midst of hurt, even in the midst of confusion, God can bring joy. Because joy goes beyond our circumstances. And that's why Jesus came, to bring us great good tidings of great joy. The third group, the wise men. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem 
asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. And so here these wise men come from the east. Some say maybe Persia, some say maybe China. I think they came from Taiwan. Because we know everybody wise comes to live in Taiwan, right? If you're smart, this is where you're going to live. So we know the wise men, most likely Taiwan, maybe here in Taipei. Um, but they, they, they're from the east. They, they saw a star. They didn't know where the star was, but they said there's, there's some kind of a king being born. And so we want to go and worship. And I love that, that these guys were probably rulers, wise men in their, their own right. Most likely, you know, we, we sing the song, We Three Kings. Um, maybe we don't all sing that song. <laughs> but, the, but, but these were likely rulers and, and wise men coming from, from the east. It doesn't say where they came from. We just know that they traveled quite a ways to, to look for Jesus. Not knowing it was Jesus. Not even knowing who, what country it was or who this king was or what king had a baby. But saying, you know, we're going to go and we're going to honor. We're going to honor this king. And sometimes in life, it's unclear and uncertain what God wants us to do. But we get an inkling. We, ha we have a, a little bit of a hint of maybe this is what God wants. I don't know about you, but in, in my Christian life, that's so often how God has led. It's rare that God writes it out in detail and says, now here's where you're going to go. And rare that he gives me a map and says, okay, dun, 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 you go here, go there, go there. Life is so much saying, I, I feel like this is probably where God wants me. And I've gotten certain hints and certain signs that, that maybe this is where God, God wants me. And so we follow those. We, we're doing our best to, to follow unclear and, and uncertain times in order to honor God. Honor a king that we don't even yet fully know. Didn't even know who this king was. It was a, a, a totally selfless act. Didn't know if it was a, 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 king, a, a wealthy kingdom. Didn't know if it was a kingdom that had anything to do with their kingdom. They just said, this is the right thing to do. There's a king. We want to honor him. They recognized this king's position and they saw the signs and they followed the star. And it's interesting as, as, as they did that, because at the same time, there was another king who also knew that there was a king being born. Because it was written in the scripture, Herod. And so Herod asked his kings, when, when the three kings got, they're following the star and they come to, to, to Israel and they say, hey, we heard there's a king born, where is he? And Herod's like, uh, I don't know. Um, let me know when you find him, because I want to worship him too. Really wants, wants to do is, is, is it's all about himself. It's like, I need to get rid of this. Actually, Herod was famous for that. He, he actually killed family members who were a threat to his throne, his own family. And so Herod is all about himself, protecting himself. He was quite a madman. And so when these wise men came, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, um, and then he talks to his, his wise men and says, hey, what's this about this king? He says, oh, yeah, so here's written in the, in the scriptures that he's going to be born in, in Bethlehem. So oh, okay, you know. Uh, and, and he finds out, when he finds out where he's going to be born, those, those wise men, they go there. They, he says, oh, it's Bethlehem. So they go to Bethlehem. They find, they find Jesus. They worship him. But then they, they get a further leading from God. That tell, God says, don't go back to Herod. And so they, they head off in a different direction. But Herod says, all right, those, kings, those guys didn't come back. So what I'm going to do is just kill every baby in Bethlehem just to try to eliminate the competition. 
so self-centered, so selfish. Yet in, in any, every generation, we know that's wrong. Narcissism used to be, you know, it used to be a, like a, 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 what do you call it, psychological disease. But now narcissism is kind of what we, we all cheer for in our magazines and stuff, you know, and we all say, you know, it's all about you. You know, you got to, you know, find your best you. Live your best now, you know, and do, do the, you know, do what makes you feel right. You know, it's, and it's all about the way that you feel and what you think. And who you want to be. You can be anyone you want to be. And we're so selfish and self-centered. You know, we're the kings of selfies. We got a whole new, you know, a whole new category of, uh, I, I remember when we first started, selfies first kind of became a thing. We, we, you had these selfie sticks, right? And you're like, you're taking pictures of yourself because it's so rare that you didn't know how to do it. And so they had these sticks and you take it around with you and take selfie sticks because it just wasn't that big a deal. But now we do it so often, we forget the sticks. Forget the sticks. I don't got time for that. I just need so many selfies, you know, just constantly, every, all the time, selfies. And we are celebrating what throughout human history has always been viewed as a dysfunction. Self-centeredness, narcissism. And then we wonder, why is our generation, why do we have more suicide than ever before? Why do we have more depression? Why are more people having emotional and mental breakdowns than ever before? And we just can't put the two and two together. But it's so obvious. And we see it here with Herod, who's so self-centered. He just wants to kill any baby who might threaten him. It's all about me and my place and my status. And here you have the other three kings who said, we've come to worship. We've come to look for the king. And you and I, we have always the same choice. The same three choices. How we respond to times of confusion, times of uncomfortability. Do we trust? Do we, do we accept what God brings our way and just say, okay, God, if this is you, then I'm going to go with it. And we trust God's goodness. That's the path to joy. When we face times of pain and hurt in our lives, do we choose to hold on to offense, to get bitter, to retaliate, to make everybody else know that we are hurt? Or do we forgive? Do we let go of that pain, bring it to Jesus and leave it there? And do we, do we stay self-centered in our lives? Is it all about you and what you can get and when things threaten you and, and what's yours? Do we choose the honor of others? As a church, we always say, we want to develop a culture of honor. And all that is, is just preferring others more than yourself and choosing to bless others more than yourself. It's called just having a generous heart. So the three kings, they brought gifts and they worshiped. And I love there's that, that, that uh, phrase, that famous phrase, wise men still seek him. If you really find, want to find joy, joy is not in what happens around you. It's not in our circumstances. Joy is a person. And when you seek God, when you find God, you find joy. So it says about the, the wise men, Matthew chapter 2, verses 
9 through 11. It says, After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where Jesus was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their, their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There's joy in finding Jesus. And I want to encourage all of us, whether you've been a Christian a long time or, or this is maybe your first time in church, that where true joy, the joy of Christmas really resides, it's not in the gifts and the decorations and the circumstances. It's actually found in the Christ. And as you pursue him, as you set your heart to honor him, you'll find joy in every circumstance. And so as a church, let's be a people who put others first, who worship God and always see, God, God, what do you want in this situation? And who can I bless? What can I give in this moment? Let's be people who, when we come into confusing and difficult, uncomfortable circumstances, we choose to trust, trust God and receive from him. And, 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 and when hurt and pain come into our lives, let's be people who choose to forgive and choose to let go of that pain, to bring that pain to Jesus and leave it there because that's the source of joy. I'll close with the scripture. It says this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far from far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong uh, through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world, when Advent is done and Jesus returns again. Your lo you love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward of trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Would you stand with me as we close? Would you bow your heads? We're just going to close with a, a simple prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we are so thankful in this Advent season, we're thankful for Jesus who came and, and died for us, who suffered the, the death of the cross because of the joy set before him, the joy of being reconnected with our lives and being able to pour his love into our hearts. And we're thankful for Jesus who died, not only for the joy that was set before him, but to bring joy to all people great joy to all people and today lord god we want to embrace that joy the joy of having jesus in our hearts god today help us to to see that joy doesn't come from the circumstances around us but it comes from you jesus being in our hearts you are our source of joy and today lord god i pray that you help us to to lay aside our own selfishness to lay aside our pain to bring our, our confusing and, and uncomfortable circumstances to you, to bring our, our sins to you, and to just say, Lord, forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of the times that we've wandered from you. 
denied you. And Lord, today we open our hearts to receive you. Come and be our Savior. Let today be the day of salvation in our lives. Father, may we be a, a, a people who know you, love you. A people who trust and obey you in times of confusion. Who forgive and let go in times of pain. And who pursue you to worship you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray this message spoke to you and built your faith. For more messages like this, visit our website at everynationtaipei.com. You can also send a prayer request and reach out to us anytime. God bless you. Till next time.